Hello from the Clio Cloud Conference 2017 in New Orleans. This is Bob Ambrogi. I'm Jack Newton. And we're on the road with the Legal Talk Network. Thanks so much for joining us on the road. It's a pleasure to be here in the Big Easy. And uh, I'm here, as I said, with Jack Newton, the CEO of Clio, and we are at the, what, the fifth? Fifth Clio Cloud Conference. Uh, I've been at all of these. Uh, this is huge compared to any of them before. How many people are here? We've got over 1,200 people attending this year's conference. And I guess one of the big pieces of news, uh, just in terms of the conference this year, is that it's moved. Uh, That's right. This is our first move from Chicago, where we ran the first four conferences. And a good problem to have, I guess, but we outgrew the, the venue we've hosted the conference in for the last three years, the, the Radisson Blue Aqua in, in Chicago, which was a beautiful venue, but we looked at it as an opportunity to uh, shake things up a little bit and give our attendees a new experience and spend some time in what is one of my favorite cities in the U.S., which is New Orleans. Yeah, well, it's great. I, I was actually, I'll, I'll confess, I was a little worried about the change of venue because I liked the Radisson Blue so much. It was a great place for a conference, but this seems really, uh, really nice and it kind of has the same vibe in some way, but bigger. <laughs> way bigger. We, we can we can scale out the conference quite a bit here, and I, I had the same trepidation you did. I, I loved the Radisson Blue, uh, and we went to a new venue realizing that we had a very high bar to uh, to achieve in in setting up the venue and delivering the kind of experience that that you're used to at the Radisson Blue, and I think, like you said, I think we've succeeded here. Yeah. So, uh, as is the tradition here, you opened up the conference with a keynote this morning, uh, making a number of announcements, talking a little bit about the history and the philosophy of the company. This year, you kind of had so much in there. I'm not sure where to start uh, here. It was uh, you've made a lot of a lot of big news this year and a lot of announcements, but I wonder if we could just kind of start by talking about where Clio is today. Tell me a little bit about the growth of the company over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think it's, if it's any consolation, I went into the keynote worried about the amount of stuff <laughs> I had jangling around in my head to deliver in that keynote as well. It was, it was a lot of news, but, but to, to answer your question, I think you know, we, we really saw this as a pivotal year for Clio in that we were starting to redefine ourselves and charting out our course for the next decade. As hard as it is to believe, we launched the product nine years ago, back in 2008, and we're thinking about what comes after what we're doing today with practice management. We started talking about a post-practice management era at Clio in terms of how do we continue to expand the scope and scale of our vision for transforming the practice of law for good beyond the traditional confines of what's considered practice management software. And I think in a nutshell, what I was trying to get across in today's keynote was conveying a roadmap beyond just a product roadmap and almost a philosophical roadmap of where we want to take the company and what kind of transformation we want to apply in partnership with the lawyers at the conference here and all of our customers to the legal industry as a whole. Well, you've talked about this new motto you have, transform the practice of law for good. And that for good has kind of a, a double meaning, right. really. So explain that. So for good has two very deliberate and different meanings. One is we want this to be our permanent dent in the universe. We want this to be something where we have... Quoting Steve it, Jobs there. Quoting Steve <laughs> Jobs. And I, I think it was a perfect way to encapsulate what, what our employees are looking to do while they're working at Clio. They're looking to make a meaningful and enduring impact 
in their careers. And I think you can, you'd be hard pressed to present employees with the kind of opportunity that goes much bigger in scale than saying, hey, we can transform one of the most important industries in the world. And one of the industries that is also closely linked to the fabric of our society. That's a really deep and important mission. So for good, that's one meaning. For good, the second meaning relates to making things better. We, we think there's a lot of room for improvement in almost every aspect of the practice of law today in terms of how happy lawyers are, how happy their clients are, how lawyers are delivering their services to, to their clients. We think, we just think there's a huge amount of opportunity for us to level up and improve on that experience. So I think transform the practice of law for good does encapsulate almost everything that we wanna do over the next decade at Clio. Something that really struck me uh, in talking to you, uh, not just today, we, we were uh, attended a media event with you a couple weeks ago, is this idea of uh, the fact that so far you've been focused on bringing law practice management to the cloud and going forward, part of your mission is going to be to really bring law practice to the cloud. Right. What do you mean by that? So we, we view, as part of this grand vision of transforming the practice of law for good, bringing practice management to the cloud is really just a signpost in this larger journey. And as I said in today's keynote, I think in a lot of ways, we're looking at that original vision of bringing practice management to the cloud as mission accomplished. I, th I think we've yeah. largely we succeeded Are in that there? mission. We're, we're there, I think. Yeah. And looking forward, I think the huge opportunity we've got is to deliver tools that allow our customers to operate their law firms more completely in the cloud to deliver legal services in a mobile-first and cloud-first fashion to their clients. And when I refer to, to Amazon as, as an exemplar, exemplar in a lot of ways, I think, I think what we'll see is law firms using more and more tools to interact with their clients remotely. We might see a decreased need for bricks-and-mortar law offices in the same way that we see fewer bricks-and-mortar bookshops. But at the same time, we're, I think, going to see law get more personal than it's ever been with lawyers able to interact in real time in a low friction way with their clients in a way that meets all of the expectations that clients have in terms of real time responsiveness and a high degree of connectedness with their lawyer. Last year at this uh, conference, you unveiled the first legal trends report, which was uh a, a compilation of uh, uh, aggregated and anonymized data from your users uh, that really kind of gave a, uh, one of the first you know, data-based visions or, or pictures of, of how, what lawyers' practices look like. Uh, and you talked this morning about how there was, in particular, one aspect of that that really struck not just you, but struck all of your company. Tell us about that, what was it? So one of the big takeaways from last year's Legal Trends Report was the utilization rate for lawyers, which we found to be just over 20%, meaning that in a typical eight-hour workday, lawyers were billing for just over two hours of their time per day. And it prompted the obvious question- And not even collecting all of that two hours that, of their that, That's right. The story gets even worse when you look at the realization rate and collection rate. But in terms of focus areas for us as a company, we felt like utilization rate was where we had the most leverage. We had six hours missing from the utilization rate, and we felt like that was the obvious question the 2016 Legal Trends Report prompted, which was, where are those missing six hours going? And 
heading into the 2017 Legal Trends Report, we kicked off a supplementary survey where we basically investigated that question through the survey with almost 3,000 lawyers that responded to the survey to try to understand where is all of that time going. And uh, we got a very uh, clear answer from our customer base that they're looking for more clients. They're spending a lot of time doing business development. Uh, almost 30% of those missing six hours are going into business de development activities trying to find new clients. And almost 50% of their missing six hours, so again, about three hours of those missing six hours, are going to various kinds of administrative tasks. And for us, this really was an epiphany where we realized there's a lot of work to be done and our clients need help finding new clients, delivering legal services to them efficiently and effectively, and they need help running their firms more efficiently than ever. And while we've made a lot of progress in getting that utilization rate improved from where it was uh, nine years ago before Clio, there's obviously still a lot of room for improvement. And in addition to uh, doing the Legal Trends Report this year, you conducted a survey of consumers of legal services uh, to find out a little bit more about how they hire lawyers, what they look for when they're hiring a lawyer. Right. Uh, what's, what, are the, what are some of the news from that report? Yeah, the, the consumer survey for us was really a way for us to be a better partner to our law firms and help them understand how consumers are trying to consume legal, legal services and how consumers want to consume legal services in the future. So we, we've, we've found a couple of really interesting takeaways from the consumer survey. Number one, a lot of lawyers don't have a good understanding of where their clients come from. And the consumer survey helped us identify how lawyers find clients and, or I'm sorry, how clients find lawyers. And we found that there's a huge amount of clients that find lawyers through referrals. And they also find lawyers through online search. And those two acquisition methods uh, are far and away the most pervasive way consumers are finding lawyers. I think surprising to a lot of lawyers, if you look at what's at the bottom of the list, billboard ads, radio, and the yellow pages are all at the very bottom of that list. And it's something that lawyers still spend <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars yeah. a year on typically from a marketing perspective, where their energy would probably be much better invested in trying to understand how they could be getting more referrals from their existing clients, or maybe how they could be delivering legal services that leaves their clients super happy and net promoters and willing to refer new referrals to the, to the lawyer. Yeah. So that was an example of one interesting takeaway from the, from the consumer survey. Yeah, and, and I don't know whether this came out of your, that survey or this was just data you were quoting in general, but one of the points you're making is that the younger the consumer, the, the, the more they are relying on mobile, you know, the sort of skews by age right down the, right down the chart, that uh, millennials in particular are more likely to be wanting to use mobile almost exclusively to find and interact with a, a lawyer. Um, Absolutely. I don't know if that was part of your survey or where, where you got that the, data, but what, is, what's, what are the implications of that for you? Yeah, the mobile user, usage data, we're actually quoting a survey conducted by the Consumer Experience Bureau that surveys these kinds of things. And the, the takeaway basically was exactly what you, you outlined, which is if you're trying to anticipate what your future clients will be looking for, you should very much be looking at the millennial generation and understanding the fact that they don't want to pick up a phone. They don't want to make a call. They don't want to receive a call. They, they expect to be text messaging their lawyers. That is going to be their preferred mode of communication. And the practice management systems 
of the future and the client interface systems of the future need to be accommodating those preferences. And as I mentioned with the, uh, the, the, de the dentist anecdote, when you're trying to stand out from the crowd, sometimes it's something as simple as allowing your clients to schedule appointments online as the dentist did uh, and, and that will be enough for you to pull away from, from the competition. Yeah. And the dentist story was a friend of yours who wanted to get a new dentist, but critical to picking a dentist was that dentist had to have a mobile presence and be able to interact that, and schedule appointments and all of that. Exactly. He didn't want to have to pick up the phone. His basically. checklist had one item on it, and that, that was it. I want a mobile scheduling experience. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can t that resonates with me. Yeah. I, re I, I really wish my dentist allowed me to do that, and yeah. I, might, I might switch. Yeah. for one that made that one small improvement. Uh, if we had, I don't know how much time we have, if we had a lot of time, I would get to your kids' lemonade stand story, but we might have to skip <laughs> that one today. One other thing I just kind of want to talk about was this idea, it's, it's interesting to me that you're, look, you're looking at not just how can you improve the experience for your customers, the lawyers who are your customers, but how can you help your customers improve the experience for their customers, their right. clients. And, and you talk a lot about this idea of delivering an effortless experience. So what are you doing to try and make that happen for your customers and for their, for their customers? Yeah, from a strategic standpoint, what we're trying to accomplish here is to make using Clio a competitive advantage for our law firms. We want them to feel like they're able to deliver an experience to their clients that is far superior than what their competitors that are not using Clio are able to deliver. So our roadmap for the next 10 years is really going to be focused on leveling up Clio in terms of the kind of customer experience we can allow our customers to deliver to their customers. And our key performance indicator for whether we're succeeding in that is going to be the net promoter score of our customer's customer, the clients of the law firms that use Clio. And we think this is a a game changer just in terms of how a company like Clio can frame their, their mission. And the types of things we're going to be doing along those lines are one of the things I, I revealed in, in the keynote today, Project Hermes, which is a, a bit of a skunk works project we're working on, but that we're going to start openly sharing with the attendees of, of ClioCon this year, which is a mobile first client collaboration platform where we think that the average consumer wants to interact with their lawyer through a mobile-first, cloud-first, chat-based interface, and to feel like they're having an instant message chat with a, with a friend. And everything about the legal transaction will happen through this chat interface where documents that you need to review and sign are sent through this, this app. Uh, secure communications are sent back and forth. This will all be end-to-end -end encrypted, so you'll have the level of security that something like WhatsApp or Signal is able to provide from a security standpoint, but it's tailor-made for the needs of a lawyer that is servicing not just one client, but multiple clients. So that's where things get interesting and uh, leveled up beyond a simple text messaging interface. We're going to create a lot of tools that lawyers uh, can effectively manage this one-to-many texting interface with all of their clients. And again, from a, from a customer experience standpoint, we think this will be a major differentiator where Somebody will show their friends, this is how my real estate lawyer is interacting with me. I didn't have to drive into their office to put wet signatures on documents. I signed a document electronically through this, through this simple app on my phone. And by the way, my lawyer responds instantly to every request that I have. And again, as we saw in the consumer research survey we shared, 
that is the single most important thing to clients. They do not care that you graduated magna cum laude from your law school. They care that or you're, you're responsive. <laughs> I'm sorry? Or you're on law review. That's right, exactly. Why so many lawyers lead with the fact I was on law review. And the average client has no idea right. what that means. Yeah. So, so if you've got a, a, a new roadmap for the next 10 years, then I guess you need a new vehicle to uh, start down that journey. So that was kind of, uh, we've been talking a lot That's of- That's a great metaphor. <laughs> I wish I'd thought of it going into the keynote. Thank you. Uh, we've been talking about a lot of uh, uh, you know, philosophy around what you're doing, but the kind of the big news in terms of practical impact on, on, your, on your customers is your announcement today of Project Apollo. So what's Project Apollo? So Project Apollo is something we've been working on for the last year, and it's essentially a ground up reinvention and re-platforming of Clio on uh, a set of technologies that did not exist nine years ago when we created the first version of Clio. Uh, and with the benefit of nine years of customer feedback synthesized into one grand rewrite and reimagining of the Clio experience. And anticipating what we want to accomplish over the next decade, building a platform that we know will scale uh, to, to help us fulfill that mission and service the needs of our existing clients, which range in size from, from solos to, to Amlaw 100 firms. So you, you kind of teased last year that you were going to kind of set down this path of developing Apollo. Uh, what did you do between then and now to roll this out? So me announcing Apollo last year, and announcing also that we would unveil Apollo at ClioCon 2017, was really doing two things. It was getting the attendees excited about the idea of Apollo, but it was also me laying down the gauntlet with our team back at home saying, here's an audacious moonshot that I think we can hit if we roll really hard, but this is not gonna be easy. And the team, got back home and, and there was a lot of long nights and a lot of intensive planning sessions that went into, you visited our office a few weeks ago, Bob, you saw walls covered floor to ceiling, wall to wall with post-it notes and screenshots and handwritten notes around how what we want to build with Apollo. So that was- Not to mention was, a Lego Apollo in the yeah, office. <laughs> you, you got it, Le Lego Apollo to boot. And that was the initial uh, the initial step in reinventing Clio. Uh, and then we, we got to work. We got to work and it was uh, an 85 person large product development team rowing really, really hard for a year to, to get this done. And I laid down the gauntlet, put down a huge challenge to the team. Uh, I think a lot of companies might have said what we did was impossible. Uh, There's certainly uh, some detractors internally even that didn't think we'd be able to get this done. And I'm happy that the team pulled together and proved, uh, proved me right and proved some of the detractors wrong and accomplished something that really most companies that try to do this kind of thing will take two or three years to do it. So you launched it to everybody, all of your customers who are here at the conference can access it as of today. Uh, and you're going to be rolling it out to your other customers uh, over, over time. Uh, are you at all worried about uh, uh, you know, uh, those who are going to say, oh, but I like the old platform so much, or I'm so used to the old platform? I mean, how do you make that transition, uh, and how do you prepare for that transition? That's a great question, and I, I think one of the hard lessons I've learned in legal technology, and I, I think it's true of any software company, to, to, be, to be honest, uh, is that 
customers don't like change. You know, even if the change is objectively for the better, it's like walking into your living room that you liked exactly how you things had things placed and having somebody remodel it while you're away for the weekend, coming back. And even if the placement of the TV and the, your armchair and, and everything is optimal and better in some objective way, you're still gonna be a little bit put off that things are just in a different place. And you're gonna be relearning where the remote control is for the next few days. After a few days, you're gonna get over that and probably appreciate all the improvements, but as humans, we don't like change. And I think that's just a, a truth that we're trying to uh, make the transition as smooth as possible in that people can opt into the Apollo, the new Clio experience, and then opt back out of it. They can switch back and forth between the new interface and the old interface very seamlessly. And we don't have a precise timeline for this yet. It's gonna depend what kind of feedback we hear, but we're not going to phase out the old Clio interface for some time. We're gonna, we're gonna do it at some point, but we're gonna make sure that we give our customers a lot of time to ease into that transition and to embrace the change that new Clio delivers at their own pace. Uh, and I, I, one of the other things you talked about today uh, as part of, well, in conjunction with rolling out uh, Apollo is that you've uh, uh, rolled out a new version of your API, your application programming interface that allows uh, integration between yourself and, and other, uh, other partners. And, and you're up now to, I think you said, just about 70 integration partners. Um, you're, you've really kind of taken this approach of building a, you know, an ecosystem in a sense around your platform. Why is that important to you? What's the vision for how you want to see that develop? The main reason we're building the platform around Clio is a realization that we're never going to be able to build everything for our customers. Our customers have wide and diverse needs and as a product, Clio should serve the core needs that are shared by most of our customers. And we want to create an ecosystem that other developers can help address what I call the long tail of customer needs, where if you're an immigration law firm and you want to automate some of your workflows with uh, the, the INS, for example, that's something I don't foresee ever being part of the core Clio experience, but you can activate an integration we have with a company called Prima Facia that addresses your needs in an unbelievably complete, uh, complete way. And immigration lawyers love that integration and it's, it's something that transforms their practices without us needing to get essentially distracted with features and functionality that are not core to the, to the core Clio experience. Another great example is, is Tally, who is launching on the platform today. Tally, uh, you, you covered in your own blog. Bob, you know, you know what it does. They're a voice-activated Alexa assistant that lets you track time uh, using voice commands and pushing those time-tracking entries to Clio via our API. Getting Alexa support was something we'd received as a customer suggestion for sure, but it's not on our roadmap. I have no idea if we would ever even get to that as a feature we might implement. Uh, but, you know, today, Tally's launching their integration and providing value to Alexa using Clio users today, rather than when we might be able to deliver that functionality way down the road. So it's a, it's a huge win for our customers to have that ecosystem built. And it's a huge win for Clio because we have this unbelievable community of developers 
delivering innovations to our customers at a pace that I think is just mind-boggling and makes me really proud and excited to see other businesses being built on top of Clio. My dream would be another large business could uh, go public or get venture funding that was built on the, the Clio platform. Hey, one piece of news you announced today with respect to developing uh, or at least encouraging uh, development against that API uh, is, is a new competition. Uh, tell us about that. So we're launching uh, what we call the Launch Code Competition today, and it's a new $100,000 award that we're giving to uh, the best new integration to be built on the Clio platform over the next year. So the starting pistol went off today, and a year from, from now, we will gather the, the top 10 integrations built against the new API version 4 that we announced, announced at ClioCon today, and we'll run a, a Shark Tank-like pitch competition, have a panel of judges, uh, including hopefully luminaries like, like yourself, assessing the, the startups and deciding who walks away with a $100,000 check. As that was one component of, of the uh, investment we're making in the platform to help take it to the next level. And the second component to that is the million-dollar Clio developer fund we're launching, which is an investment vehicle for us to invest in companies that are building on the Clio platform uh, to support them in ways other than potentially just equity investment. Maybe it's co-marketing, helping them out financially in some way, helping fund a feature uh, that is maybe of a special uh, important importance to Clio customers. And between the prize and this new million dollar fund, we're, we're really excited about where the platform's headed in the next year, the kind, of, the kind of ecosystem that will deliver huge value to our customers. Any final words before we wrap up today, Jack? Anything else you want to say that we haven't talked about? I think we covered a pretty wide range <laughs> of, of topics, Bob. I uh, you know, want to say thank you for uh, being an ongoing supporter of the, the Cloud Conference. It's great having you here. I think this year is going to be one of our best conferences ever, and I'm, I'm super excited for the next two days. Well, thanks a lot. We have reached uh, the end of the road for today's episode. I would like to thank Jack Newton, CEO of Clio, for taking this time to talk to us, and congratulations on another great conference, another great year. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next time on another episode of On the Road with the Legal Talk Network. Thank you. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.